It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome once again to the CHGO Sky Podcast, courtesy of CHGO Sports, and sponsored, as always, by DraftKings. Use that code CHGO when you sign up for DraftKings and get $20, $20, $20 added to your account before you even make a bet. Hello out there all in the virtual world. I'm Chris Pennant. That's Stephen Gardner, the best X's and O's man this side of I-80 and the Mississippi River. If you don't know, now you know, you know. And we're here. Back again, the dream team. We got Sarah on the dials once again. It's been a minute. Sarah abandoned us for greener pastures, but now she's back. I'm back. I'm back. And I see that the sky sky's doing good. They are. Yeah. They are. They are in the uh, playoff hunt. Right. That. That's, that's, some, that's something. Yeah. For sure. We got our, our our super fan region rev already checking in with us after once again it's the afternoon. If you don't follow us, follow us on Twitter at the handles on your screen. Is it is it Exwitter? Was that what we're calling it? What are we calling it now? <laughs> I'm gonna just call it Chicago. <laughs> but yes, you are correct for sure. Follow us on the social media platform formerly known as Twitter. Uh, this is the make or break weekend, man. Anything but X, man. Uh, yeah, for real. Yeah, we, we, I don't even get it, Joe. Like, what's the what's the point? What's the point? <sighs> Rebranding. It's uh, it's the wave of the future. This is the make or break weekend, though. This is the make or break yes. weekend for the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday night, tomorrow night against the Minnesota Lynx, that eternal Midwestern foe. And then Sunday afternoon at Connecticut to close out the season. Right now, the Sky are in a tie for eighth, which means they are in the playoffs by virtue of that season series tiebreaker versus the Sparks. Mm -hmm. And any combination of a Sky win and a Sparks loss would essentially clinch the playoffs this weekend. So, like I said, man, this is it. It's very, uh, very... um Dramatic ending to the regular season. Uh, It's been a very interesting... (laughs) Season for multiple reasons across the entire W. And if you want to zoom in and look specifically at the sky, it's obviously been interesting from start to finish. Uh, you could, I mean, for some people, it started even before the season in the roster construct. Um, but nonetheless, we are here. The team has the opportunity to ultimately do what they set out to do in the beginning of the season with this roster and making the playoffs. And then at that point, just punching your ticket to the dance and then Dancing as well as you can. Come what may, yeah. I mean, you, with the way that the two the teams at the top have been playing this season, mm-hmm. in an ideal world, you would want to finish higher than eighth. But you know, you don't have a, a choice at this point. I think that was really set in stone for the sky a couple of weeks ago that they weren't going to be able to make it up to say sixth or even seventh. Mm-hmm. But here's where they are, and they've got to go through the links to do it, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, Minnesota opened the season for the sky. Uh, we'll 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 show some of those stats in just a few moments. But the the sky opened the season at Minnesota looks so good that um, that basically our introduction in Chicago to Alana Smith and <laughs> dude, it was it was like uh, the coming out party for for Big Land before she got the platinum locks before everybody was changing their uh, handles. That was like the first time we really saw what Lan was capable of. And man, she put on, it was, I, I want to say she put on a show, but I think Lana's 
Like she is like a background behind the scenes player. She's like the rich Paul of the team, just making things. She's like she's making things work, you know. That that that's accurate. She's just um, she's just special, man. She's special. She does so much, so much of the little things, so much of the selfless things, so much of the connecting things on both sides of the floor. Um, I mean, she opened the season. First of all, coming off the bench, right? Um, with a perfect shooting night, multiple hits from deep, multiple layups, um, some ghosting and screens, um, and then on defense, doing all of the switching stuff that you need behind any activity you have at the level of a screen, in the passing lanes, rotating on defense, especially. I mean, she literally laid the foundation for the season she was ultimately going to have in that game. We saw a lot of that in multiple moments kind of just kind of show up over the course of the season from then to now with two games left. It's just been it's been a um a very deserving most improved uh season. Like I like I mentioned in the last pod and I mentioned before, I'm not sure if she'll get it just because of the other names that are involved in the running for set award and how voters are likely going to vote in terms of what they're considering and whatnot, but that doesn't take away from the fact that she's had a most improved season for sure. Yeah, we definitely want to come back to that later in the show because I think we, we've we talked about it earlier in the season about your, your contention about the names, which is very fair, the way that voters, uh, the people who have the actual, cast the actual ballots, look at names and might look at kind of high-level stats, say like the typical points, rebounds, assists, mm-hmm. um, and then maybe delve a bit deeper into the analytics. But typically you're going to go with those names people know and that have had the flashier seasons. But what Alana Smith has done, especially in the context, the greater context of what the Sky season has turned into from where it, uh, bec- from where it was in the beginning of the season, once she proved James Wade's assertion right, where he said, before training camp that Alana Smith was 100% going to make this roster. Mm -hmm. And I know at that point in time, I was kind of like, huh, okay, you know, uh, sure. He was right about that. And two, I, she's my most improved player. I, like I said, I want to come back to that just because there's a lot to, to go off of, um, in terms of all the people this season who have had really good, uh, bounce back years, but Alana Smith would be my most improved player for sure. Yeah, and just kind of to the point that you were making as far as how the voters are looking at things, um, definitely hoping and desiring and aspiring to be a part of that change because it's more than necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not even just to be a part of that change, but to also be able to be open and transparent about perspectives on things going out through, going on throughout the season that are ultimately going to be voted on. I think having more of those voices that are um, – reachable or seeable more often on social media um, just so that it's not so much of a gray area and you can have a better pulse and temperature for what the voters are expecting or what the what the fans are expecting from the voters as far as their decision making I think that transparency is important especially as we continue to evolve Um, just being able to put a face to what vote was made and why things turned out the way it is versus just guessing I think is important Um, and yeah I think it's an evolution in things that is necessary so Definitely desiring to be a part of that change for sure. Yeah, um, WNBA, give us um, give us those ballots. <laughs> Facts we, for real. We do, come on now. We deserve those ballots. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah, you you had that graphic up. Uh, Got to go back to that. <laughs> no, seriously, it was like not night and day, but you can see already kind of the changes from games one through three versus game that was the. 19th game of the season, I believe. Uh, the links at that after that game were 14 and 15, and now are now 19 and 19. So you see where they've gone, especially considering that first game. I mean, Sky held them to three points in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. That was incredible. I think Rachel Bannum had a three, and that was it. Yep. Um, you know, raise the fist in the air for Rebecca Gardner had four steals in that game. Ah, we missed Bex. <sighs> we missed Bex. Oh my gosh, like. We, there was a thought that the sky could do that to so many opponents where they could hold them. And I think the first four games of the year, they held everybody under 70 points. Man, let's, let's talk about that for a second, because you talk about everything that Atlanta's brought to the table in terms of her, her growth, uh, just as a team player, not even just the MIP and everything. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you add that in addition to the defensive growth from Dana. And then you add Rebecca Gardner, who's one of the three best perimeter defenders, however you want to slice it up across the entire W. That in and of itself is, that's a lot of defensive infrastructure, especially when you play an aggressive style of defense where the sky likes to force as many turnovers so that they can play in transition. Um, you can't necessarily depend on that consistently, but honestly, we have somebody like Rebecca in addition to Elizabeth, in addition to Atlanta, in addition to Kyle, in addition to Dana. Like that's you can definitely bank on forcing a lot of turnovers and putting yourself in those transition positions. And the sky kind of missed that in multiple stretches over the course of games if you just kind of pay attention to the ebbs and flows of it all. Yeah. I mean, you're able to have somebody who's a rotational player, um, a perimeter player mm-hmm. who was developing a better outside shot mm-hmm. and – um, one would force turnovers, get that assist to turnover and give away the takeaway ratio where this guy would want it to be, like you said. And also a safety valve in terms of getting to the basket and either forcing free throws or getting a shot off. Like we we saw the Rebecca Gardner tough shot emporium kind of like have a pop up last week when she hit that. Uh, if, if you all saw on the Sky's Twitter account, she had that baseball pass to win the um, half-court shot contest in practice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, one, is good to see Rebecca off of the um, out of the boot, off the scooter, mm-hmm. back at practice on her feet. But two, like, you could tell what effect that had on the team just by the reactions. Uh, I think Courtney Williams had the best one where she was like, yo, that's it's like, ugh. <laughs> like, that's, ugh, like, that's nasty. And it is, and that's what this guy missed. It's going to be an important offseason for them, which we haven't really, you know, with the way that, with what this means for the season, you want to focus, both from the fan perspective, from our perspective, and from the team perspective, you want to focus on the last two games. But this is a critical offseason for this guy in terms of not only re-signing Kalia Copper, but making sure that their reserved and restricted free agents that they want to have back in the fold can and do come back. Yep, that's important, and I think obviously a top of everything, and this is something that will obviously be a topic next episode, but at the top of everything is Kalia Copper. You have to re-sign your franchise player. You have to re-sign your cornerstone piece, and everything will fall in alignment from there. Um, Presuming that that is set in stone and that happens, I think right after that will be keeping a piece like Rebecca Gardner. She's such a glue player. You can ask her to punch out of her deemed uh, her deemed box in terms of a role at times. If you want, like, hey, Beck, we need you to make some make some plays for us, not just spot up on the second side or be one of the best cutters in the W. Like, we need you to do a little bit more um, in terms of your usage and pick and roll, and what she was doing this season, like being that secondary playmaker, um, secondary ball handler type player on the second side of a uh, of an offense. Um, and obviously anything under the sun on defense, one through, I would say one through four, she can hold her own just because of the activity that she brings to the to the, to the the level of play. Um, yeah, that's the type of player you need. And also somebody that can shoulder a lot of that load that Kai has been um, posed with this season in terms of guarding players on the perimeter. Beck's not, obviously not that Kai can't do it because she clearly can, but right. it's more optimized when you have two now that Kai can focus a little bit more on offense and kind of not have to always take that best player uh, matchup role on. And, I mean, we've seen that kind of weigh on her. Obviously, she getting it, she's getting it done on defense, but then she sometimes looks like she's a little gassed on the offensive side just because of how much energy you have to exude to be a solid defender. And, you know, just just having Rebecca back just does so much. We, we could spend a whole episode just talking know, right? about only Rebecca. That's how That's how – um, that's just how thorough of an impact that she has. And she was already having in those first three games before she ultimately got hurt. We keep moving off Minnesota when that's like the, the mm-hmm. first, that's a big key matchup. Mm-hmm. But um, that second game that they had against the Sky exactly one month ago, um, Minnesota won that one 88-79. Nafisa Collier back to her full strength, what we've come to know, what we come to expect mm-hmm. from her. Um, had 29 and 9 in that game, went to the free throw line 10 times. Um, and between her and Jessica Shepard, who had 17, uh, they both had 20 free throw attempts. 26 to 5 was the free throw disparity in that game. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it's not sustainable. If James Wade had still been with the team 
it probably would have been one of those classic press conferences from him. But you you got to you you have to figure out one how to get to the line more more consistently, which the sky have to some degree been doing. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the key matchups. Jessica Shepard in her last five games only has one where she's finished with a positive plus minus, and the most recent one it was minus thirty three. Um, but I, she's had two fairly good, impactful games against the Sky this year, and she is obviously a key rotation piece in Cheryl Reeves' um, Cheryl Reeves' game plan. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of key matchups, we know what the Sky need from their backcourt from Ka. Marina, Courtney Williams. We know what has come from their front court, Elizabeth Williams, Alana Smith. Where do things fall outside of that? Like, who would you say the Sky need to neutralize or take out of the game in order to have a chance at winning? Because this is one that they need to win. Well, she ultimately had a solid game if you look at things past the box score. But keeping Diamond Miller in check is important because she has those the way she goes about scoring again this is a rookie you're talking about right the way she goes about scoring has such a profound impact on everything that the links do as far as trying to keep spacing and um keep the ball moving and all of that stuff you add an elite driver she's already an elite driver to the mix with all of that if you can't stay in front of her now she's going to be drawing the attention of multiple defenders from this side and gap help or this side at the rim pulling up Elizabeth Williams away from, uh, let's say, Neela Milich or whoever else they might have at center. She has to step away from them. That's going to open up opportunities for her to make these passes, which is another thing that she's also grown in in her rookie season. It's not just being able to drive for herself, but also being able to hit those gaps, have a feel for where help is coming from and what time it's coming with, and being able to make kickout passes or dump-off passes or even getting into her footwork, getting into shot fakes and getting into step-throughs and all of that stuff. So... Keeping her in check and not allowing her to get off, per se, is important. And I think the thing with keeping Diamond in check is literally just flattening out all her drives. If you could put an extra body in each gap that she might see on the left side and right side outside of her initial defender, I think that's going to be important. And they did a very, very good job of that. She only had five points. Right. And I think four of that came in the first half, maybe even in the first quarter, if I'm not mistaken, um, in that last matchup. So keeping her in check. And then playing your playing your cards the rest of the way from there is going to be important. Controlling the boards has always been the thing with Minnesota and Diamond Miller is like she had the five points, but she also had ten rebounds that night. Mm-hmm. And the sky got beat pretty handily on the boards. Mm-hmm. Um, on the on their side, not just on the on the main rotation players, but the bench. I think we saw a lot of balls that were kept alive when. Um, our favorite, our Sky Town. He's never like when Courtney Williams leads the team in rebounds, but a lot of those times mm-hmm. where she has the opportunity to rebound, it's because somebody got a hand on the ball. Um, who who do the Sky like really need to rely on, especially in the kind of reserve spots, to keep those those possessions alive, either get offensive rebounds or control the defensive glass? Uh, I think you can't look any further than Atlanta Smith. She's been the team's best rebounder, um, statistically at least. And I think it's just she has a knack for pursuing the ball, whether that be on offense as far as um, knowing what type of angles to take for specific players taking shots from the perimeter or just having a better jump on the read of the angle and the trajectory than whoever it is on offense. Um, Like I could literally put together a whole offensive rebound compilation where there's like four of the opponent's players in the paint waiting for a rebound. She crashes from the corner takes the perfect angle, splits multiple opposing players, and gets a hand in there, either knocks it out, earning an extra possession, or just outright grabbing a rebound herself and then resetting it, resetting the offense from there for 14 seconds left. Um, she's just she, – everything kind of comes back to her. She's been <laughs> the Rebecca Gardner this season, like, as far as doing all the little things, coming up with just timely being first to the floor, all of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, it would, be, it would be Atlanta for me and just uh, – the extra effort thing she does because they're going to bring it. And there's a reason why they've been, I think, the third or fourth best team post-All-Star break. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's the weird thing where things aren't set in stone because all uh, seven of the eight playoff spots are clinched, but Mm -hmm. Minnesota can still catch Dallas and overtake them for the fifth spot. And that's kind of ideal. You have Atlanta and Washington – 
hanging around there. And both of those are beatable teams. Atlanta clinched um, in a pretty good win the other night, but they had they really took uh, they really slowed down post All Star break. They've had to deal with some injuries, and you would think with the way that Minnesota has played after that start to the season, they would want to face a team that might be a bit more beatable, like Minnesota or sorry, like Atlanta. Um, or, you know, just move up that spot and maybe get a home game where they can. That's the tough thing about being in the bottom half of that playoff bracket. X-Factor-wise, it's interesting because in the first game of the season, you saw you had, you had saw a different bench just by circumstance. Mm-hmm. In that second game on August 8th, uh, Robin Parks, Morgan Birch, and Dana came off the bench. But we've seen a bit of an increased role for Robin as of late. Uh, Morgan has actually gotten some time. She had some time with the starters when Atlanta was out. And so her time in the rotation has come up. And then Sika Kone has been an X factor for the sky. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit two threes the other day. Mm-hmm. Never expected that. Did not expect to see Sika stepping out for the, to shoot the three in her rookie season. But, you know, here we are. So if there's anybody who jumps out to you as somebody who could affect the course of that game, for me it's, for me it's Sika, but who's your, like, X factor? Uh, it's Dana for sure. Okay. Because and drum roll please. The theme of the season has been how do the sky effectively attack switching defense. Yes. That first half, I believe I can't remember if they had the lead at halftime against Minnesota in that last matchup, but it was a very close game. They were they were down uh seven at that point. Okay. So the 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 change in the game was I can't remember, it may have been late second quarter or in the second half solely. Minnesota went to more switching. They started off with some uh, more conservative uh, defensive coverages, and then the Sky were doing their thing. Now that you mentioned it, they got the lead back before halftime. The, the Lynx did. Second half comes around, they go to more switching. Everything that the Sky are doing offensively is flattened out. And having a player like Dana Evans that can get downhill against whoever it is that's initially guarding her, without having to even think about it. Like, I genuinely don't think she thinks about who it is that's in front of her. When she makes up her mind that she's going somewhere around the paint, she's getting there undeterred. And having a player like that when teams are switching, that's what helps to penetrate that and put them in a rotation. So you might be able to run a lot of your cross-screen, down-screen, wide pinning action and stuff like that. They're just going to switch it. Then what do you do after that? And what do you do with that with how much time you have left on the shot clock after an initial action doesn't work? Dana can always get downhill. She's ever-present in being a downhill factor. And obviously, Kalia Copper is the same. Um, getting into second drive, so after one of those two gets a drive and then they kick it out to someone else, Marina Mabry, Courtney Williams, that player then being able to play off a second drive, which is better suited for those two types of players, is going to make – everything else shift in the defense because now they go from stopping the drive to now they got to close out and rotate back to where uh, one pass away is. Now you got them in rotation. That's where your advantage starts. And then the last part of that is with Dana and pick and roll, having a roller. Elizabeth Williams has been a lot more effective on her rolls recently. That's going to be important because that's the way you can penetrate a switching defense is behind it. And um, also with Elena in the screen and roll game as well because she can screen and roll, but she can also pop. So having those dynamics blended into um, like a flow is going to be important and not having those stagnant hiccups that they typically do. Now, I know we talked about switching before. The switching of um, defenses has really been a problem for the sky to manage. But on Sunday against the Liberty, um, we we both saw like the Liberty were playing a lot of drop coverage and allowing the sky kind of get to just above the paint or into the paint. And that's how they were able to close the game down um, and actually take the lead early in the fourth quarter. But then New York went to more of a, like a hard high hedge, and that really just pushed everything out to the perimeter. Do you see Minnesota doing something like that, where they have kind of the logistical personnel where they can with Dorka Juhas and uh, Nikolina Milic, and then, he, you know, Nafisa Collier can come up and hedge as well? Or do you see them running more of a switching kind of defense? Uh, from what I've seen, it's, they're probably going to lean more into switching just because that's what's been effective, not just in this matchup, but generally that seems like – um, might not necessarily say it's their base defensively, but it's what's most effective for them. So they blend it into their um, into their script a lot more frequently. So I think ultimately they'll go to that, especially because it's worked against this guy. And that's a riddle for them to solve. So they'll throw it in there for sure. Do you like riddles? 
Not when they don't work in your favor, no. Sarah, Sarah, you a riddle, are you a riddles person? No, I can, I can never do that stuff. Man. It's like, I don't know what I went to college for. I've never learned. I just, I don't know. I'm not good with that stuff. I was I was playing um, Arkham City. I've been playing Arkham City, so you got all the Riddler stuff to figure out mm-hmm. in that. So uh, that has nothing to do with the show. We're going to move on. Um, really, I like, I like the idea of Sika Kone being a difference maker, because you've seen over the season after she had that first 20 point effort, which it that's how weird this season has been. Like that got lost in the shuffle of everything else that Sika's first full WNBA game, she put up 20 points. And then it's kind of come to this now where we are not expecting her to shoot threes, even though she had 20 points. You know, she can score mm-hmm. what she did against Brianna Stewart in that New York game shouldn't necessarily be a surprise. But one, it can go one of two ways. If you have her out, she has to limit her fouls. She had four fouls on Sunday, even though she had a very good, effective game. And the other way, how is she working on the offensive end? I think she's better as a spacer and and screener than she was in the first in the first part of the season, which even for an experienced rookie that's played overseas is really, really good. The way that she is screening and rolling now and then stepping up to hit the next screen or spacing the floor and even making the passes late in the shot clock, but also keeping those, keeping those 50, 50 plays alive on the offensive and defensive glass. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how much time Sika gets in the rotation. Um, they've kind of had her, back and forth with Morgan. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see how that, that works out because I like the way Morgan played in that opening game of the season, but things have just kind of moved into a, to a, into a different phase where the Sky have to manage minutes, but they're also trying to get the most they can out of their, out of their lineups. Yeah, the last couple of games, she's been around 10-ish minutes, and I feel like that's a, that's a solid um, pocket of time to give her, obviously in spurts, because of her, um, because of the foul trouble that she can get into. And even past just the foul trouble, just the level of energy she plays with, it's not gonna be Seekers out there for nine straight minutes. True. It's gonna have to be in spurts <laughs> because she plays such a heart charging pace and level of activities, especially on the defensive end. That's the way to best optimize her. And honestly, that's what works with the team right now. You put her in for slot her in for a, a few maybe four minute stretches, um, and then obviously Morgan's in outside of that, and it kind of works and it kind of works in like a like a positive contrast. You got the activity defensively from her, and then Morgan obviously brings her own activity defensively. It just comes about differently, but she's a little bit more offensively inclined, where Sika is a little more defensively inclined. So you have a nice little pairing off the bench, especially behind Morgan or behind Atlanta and Elizabeth. And it just kind of works that way. I know we haven't gotten into the Connecticut game because this game is so important. But that Connecticut game is going to be interesting because they're pretty much locked in the third. That those one and two spots, New York is a game behind Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the Sparks tonight, which is of supreme importance for the Sky, obviously. Yep. The Liberty are favored by 13 and a half in that game. And if they win, they're a half game behind Las Vegas for first. They've won the season series against the Aces, which who would have expected? Mm-hmm. What a ridiculous season, mm-hmm. man. Like, I know I keep we keep saying it, but... At some points, you got to just step back and be like, how weird this season was and really take it in. But the Liberty have a chance to make it to the top seed. They want to win every game out, not just book, not just for that reason, but because they're that type of team. Mm-hmm. And Connecticut's pretty much locked in the third. So the question that's come up for me is, do the Sun rest their starters in any way on Sunday? Because when I was talking to James Kay, with how much time and effort Alyssa Thomas has to give in order for that team to be where they are, you figure that you want to get her as much rest as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. And same for Dewana Bonner, who's in her, what is it, 15th WNBA season? Like 17. Might be 15, though. It's up there for sure. <laughs> well, she came in with Candace, so that would have been 04 or 05. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she's been out here for... Uh, 
Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of high school. I got Can- <laughs> Candace Parker's Jostin's photo comes up every so often. <laughs> so I always re- oh, man. I always remember that <laughs> that says 2004 on it. <laughs> so she um, Dewana came in in 08. So she this is like her 15th. I think season. So you figure you want to get them some rest, but do you think Connecticut rests their starters or do they go at it full board? Uh, I mean, if anything, they might rest Dewana and Alyssa, but I don't feel like they'll rest the entire group as a collective. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But honestly, I haven't even thought that far ahead. I've just been so focused <laughs> on tomorrow uh, because I mean, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter on Sunday if they don't handle their business on Friday, but Friday is very relevant to everything that pertains to Sunday and after that. So i just been kind of one-track-minded on that, obviously knowing that they play the Sun Sunday, but as far as what the Sun might do in that game, I'm not sure. Like you said, they're kind of in a box where they can't really drop, but they also can't really ascend anymore either. So it might be to their favor to rest them potentially, but that kind of remains to be seen. Uh, I know a lot of coaches have different philosophies on that. Right. If you're in a good space, flow and rhythm-wise, you don't want to necessarily break that for rest. Also, you do want to get the rest when you can get it based off of the um, the lack of appropriate traveling accommodating for teams and players. Yeah, let's call it that. So that's another thing that's obviously going to be heavily considered with whatever decision Stephanie White decides to go to, or even if she leaves it to the players, what the players might decide um, but just kind of knowing Alyssa Thomas from afar, I don't think she'll ever <laughs> just Alan, sit out the like, entire yeah. game. You feel me? If she's healthy, she's playing. So I'm going to err on that just because of who she is. But for Dewana, it might be a potential mitigating of her minutes load potentially for a game. She might play like 15, 20 minutes instead of a 30 mm-hmm. or 28 that she usually plays. So we'll see with it, though. Critical weekend of the sky. I mean, critical is, is underselling it. The okay. weekend of the of the year for the Chicago sky, pretty much win and you're in, lose, and we're coming back on Tuesday talking about a lot more questions for the team. This is the, the CHGO Sky Show presented by CHGO Sports, and we'd like to take a moment to talk to you about Shady Rays. It's fall. This, it's finally cooled down a bit, but that does not mean that you need to be any less cool than you already are, and the way to do that is by utilizing your Shady Rays. They are the best sunglasses that you can purchase in this or any other city for your dollar. They All the proceeds that they that, that come into Shady Rays go out to multiple sclerosis victims in the U.S. and worldwide. And as we said, as we always say, if you lose your sunglasses, if you drop your sunglasses and they break, if you forget that they're sitting on your chair and you, you sit on them and they crack in half, if a bird picks them up and takes them out a window for some reason, just let them know. They replace your sunglasses free of cost, free of charge, no extra cost to you. I don't know where else you could legitimately find that deal. And if you use that code CHGO, like you've been doing all summer, you can get two pairs of Shady Ray sunglasses for 50% off. Two pairs, 50% off. Can't find a better deal. So, Shady Rays, check them out. The best sunglasses guaranteed. Guaranteed. Steven, man, do you remember what it was like moving into school when you went to that university in normal? The better of the two? Oh, yeah. Yes, okay. I do remember. Um, they First thing they made sure I was aware of was that Bradley was the lesser. Um, Don't listen to this, man. I'm serious. <laughs> Don't listen to him. But, yes, I do remember that time. It was a fun one. <laughs> Do you remember what it was like that that scramble going into the drive and you had you had to have a, a vehicle that not only could make the, the trip down the 130 miles, but wouldn't overheat when you were waiting in line <laughs> to get to the door, oh right? Boy. Oh boy, yeah. That was that was rough. <laughs> well, we got a deal for you. We want to tell you about Ray Chevy in Fox Lake, which is not only has deals for you. Um, and I, I've used Chevrolet cars all my life. I had a Malibu when I was down in Peoria that got me to and from for a few years. And that I did not buy that car new off the lot. I will say that. So mm-hmm. Chevrolet, Ray Chevrolet out in Fox Lake, not only has good deals, it's not going to, they are not going to show you a price online and then ask you for a different one when you get into the dealership. They're not going to bait and switch you on any online pricing. What you see is what you get. Whether you are a college student, whether you are 
a military veteran, whether you're a farmer, whether you're a parent, whether you're buying your first car or your 10th car, I mean, I hope you're not buying your 10th car, but whether you're buying your first or your 10th, what price you see online is the price that you will get when you walk into the dealership and hey, and say, hey, I want a Chevrolet, Malibu, Tahoe, give me the best you got, and I'm going to drive it off the lot. And they've got a deal for you. Through September 30th, all buyers can qualify for 0% financing. That's important. Make sure that you know this. Zero payments until 2024 through September 30th, 0% financing. And again, pay zero hidden fees with the Ray Price Promise. So visit Ray Chevrolet in Fox Lake or RayChevrolet.com. Again, that is RayChevrolet.com, serving the, the community since 1963. Find new roads. Man, just thinking about that, there was, um, my mom was really upset when I moved in for open house because I got the last open house uh, slot of the year and she Mm. was like, oh, you've been lazy. I told you to sign up for this in like July. (laughs) Then she found out that since we already moved into our dorms, she didn't have to go through all that. And she came, like, that's one of the most vindicating moments of my life where she was like, you know what? I'm sorry. You were right. And I was like, I didn't know I was right, but thanks. I appreciate that. Um, what was it? What was it like? What was your like that first weekend of, of freshman year like? It was fun. It was uh, uh, definitely an experience just being on campus versus being at the crib for your whole life, dude. You know, it just hits different. The, the freedom, the the needing to know how to get around if you didn't have a car. Uh, learning the bus system if you need to figure that part out. Yep. Uh, obviously, even past all of that, just getting to learn and know new people, it was all just kind of hidden at once. Because when I moved in, school started that Monday. Right. I moved in that Friday. So it's like, all right, I got Saturday and Sunday, walk the campus, figure out where my halls are, figure out what time the bus comes, if I'm walking or whatever, what time does the dining hall open and all of that stuff. So it was just a lot to learn and like in a quick little turnaround, but it was fun. Yeah, I remember, I know exactly what you're talking about. That first feeling where um, we'd had open house that week. So my mom stayed in the hotel and then she was pretty much on and off campus all every day. Not like helicoptering, not hovering over my shoulder, but she mm-hmm. was always there. And so it was like we were on another college trip. And then I think Thursday, she like, that was it. She left. She was like, okay, goodbye. You know, have a good, have a good year. We're going to come back for Whenever your first break is, mm-hmm. I'll be up for parents weekend and you come back home when you can, obviously. But then she left and there was just this feeling like, oh, my God, I'm on like I'm, I'm out of the house. Like, <laughs> I'd never mm-hmm. felt this before. Mm-hmm. And it was the wildest thing where you're just like, I can walk out this door. Don't have to call and be like, I'll be back at this time because it's just me. Mm hmm. I miss that. That freedom hit different when you first you first get it for real. Oh man, <laughs> it was it was something different, and you were responsible about it. Like pe- we had a lot of people watching out for us. Like the older uh, students told us, like the first weekend, here's where you go. This this dorm has better food than this dorm. Mm-hmm. This these teachers, you know, you want to take a gen ed where you just got to knock out a credit. This one's better than this one. This teacher's more engaged than this one. Uh, make sure you hit. They told me to hit this. They to hit the phone party that was in May. <laughs> they told me in September, and I was like, "Oh man, that sounds dope." When is that? And they were like, "It's it's the first weekend of May." I was like, "Why are you telling me now?" I was like, "So you can be ready mm-hmm. for it." <laughs> so you hit that. I heard you hit that laugh. I know uh-huh. you got a. I know you got a story. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> it just brings back some memories. <laughs> <laughs> we promised you that we were going to talk about. Um, Alana Smith and the Most Improved Player Awards, but awards voting in general. Uh, the Sky put out their promotional uh, picture for Elizabeth Williams as Defensive Player of the Year, and you know I I think we can agree that she there's just the circumstance she won't get it. One of the three MVPs is the person who would get Defensive Player of the Year. I'm not sure. Sh- that's the weird thing. I'm not sure who, like any of them are worthy candidates. Maybe Brianna and Asia have a bit better case for DPOY than Alyssa, but what Elizabeth Williams has been able to do this year defensively for an uh, undermanned team is, is, it can't be overlooked. 
Yeah, she is of the most premium variety of rim protection that you could have. But even I feel like putting her in a rim protector role is just not that's such a disservice to her. Cause I think like rim protection, you think of a player that's sticking around the restricted area. Right, just all like anchored game. in the pain. And that is that couldn't be any further from the truth with exactly. her. Exactly. Because she is she is just such a versatile um Matchup wise or scheme wise, defender at any given moment, you'll see her uh, hedging out at a screen, hedging out flat in the screen to keep something east and west, um, double teaming on the ball to make somebody like Kelsey Mitchell give it up and throw their entire offense off script. Um, she might be in drop coverage, she might switch. She's kicking players out and um, scram switching players out behind if Atlanta is the one that's involved in the screen keeping the defensive shell intact, they're keeping the matchups optimized, and then directing traffic from there. She's over-communicating over the course of a game. Courtney, watch out for the screen on your right side. Um, Marina makes you crowd airspace on the catch. Dana, step up in this gap a little bit more. Like, she's just a master communicator, and she's, like, really a sicko on the defensive side of the basketball. She's never, like, whenever she's involved in the action, you see her hands go up from her sides to literally – up like this in the presentation of that because she has such a wide range and wingspan, it makes passing windows or driving lanes that might actually be there is deceptive because it doesn't look like it because of her presentation. And that presentation is such a consistent thing for her in addition to, like I mentioned, her communication and then her ability reaction time-wise to lock shots, get steals, deflect passes. Um, she just... She causes just so much chaos defensively, and she sends so much stuff off script. Um, I'll have a film session coming from last game specifically of the things that she was doing matched up with the Rookie of the Year and one of the premier post players in the W. Um, and it's not all just her versus Aaliyah. Like, she's doing stuff in help and stuff like that, too. Elizabeth is just unbelievable. And uh, I actually asked um, Courtney Williams and uh, Emre about her post game um, on Tuesday, and she they were both just speaking to – just how much she does past the box score. You want to look at blocks and steals, that's cool, but that literally tells like 25% of the story for you. Oh, yeah. Because she does so much more that can never be represented analytically or in an actual box score that you see um, on WNBA.com. So, yeah, he is, he is a one-of-a-kind type of defensive anchor and she'll never get the recognition she truly deserves, but obviously everybody that watches watches our show follows us on Twitter, and then obviously listens to what the players and coach has to say. We'll definitely get the gist of it. I think it's important, really, like what you said, listening to what the players and coaches have to say because it's hard to watch every single game. It's hard to go back and even watch every single game of Elizabeth's career coming back from 2015 when she started out. I think it's even hard to um, understand everything that she's doing on the court if you can't, you feel me? Because everybody doesn't follow the game or understand the right. intricacies of it to that extent. So to hear it come from the people that are spending the most time with her should definitely give you a paint a picture for you, really. And that's exactly it because Elizabeth, we know, is is soft spoken isn't right the word isn't exactly the word. She's matter of fact, but she's not going to say more than is needed. She's she's almost like taciturn is kind of as close as we could get to describing her. But go back and watch the last possession from the Sparks and, and Sky game from last week. When the Sky had a, a typical fourth quarter where they're having trouble scoring, Kalia Copper had to put in the last eight points of the game for them, um, and they were up by a point with, is that 15? Was it 14? I think it was 20-plus seconds to go. And so they had to defend for a long time, and you, you imagine you get one stop and you win. Los Angeles came out, got the ball to Neca on the, on the low block, Elizabeth had the initial defense. She stopped the initial drive, forced a kick back to Jordan Canada. Dana got lost on a crossover, really good crossover from Jordan Canada, and Elizabeth immediately stepped up and switched. This is the this is the season on the line. If the Sky lose this when they're down two games with no guarantee that Los Angeles is going to lose two more. And Elizabeth ended up defending Jordan Canada, forced a difficult shot. It couldn't get the rebound, went out to um Actually forced a kick. Ka stepped up, forced a pass out to the corner to Jasmine Thomas, which won. Jasmine Thomas is who you want shooting the ball from the three-point line at that moment. Sure. And then Zaya Cook got the rebound, and Elizabeth switched on to her. 
and ended up getting the rebound to seal the game. Mm-hmm. And then she just kind of, she just stood, she like mm-hmm. held the ball and stood there. Mm-hmm. Everything else was like chaotic around her. And she was like the Statue of Liberty in that moment. <laughs> but the fact that she yep. defended three different players pretty mm-hmm. much in the same possession mm-hmm. and it just spells out everything that you said. Go back and watch that. It's on, I think, both of our Twitter accounts. The the show one, I think you have it, and I know that WNBA posted that last possession. It's incredible to watch because there's very few players in the league that have the mental acuity in that situation to do what she did. Yep, and I really think, like, some players are able to do that stuff if they can think it through. And there's a different level that you reach when you're just playing off a field and you're doing all of these things. Like, all of this stuff is a lot. Mind you, this is why players lie. Like, things are happening quickly. If you're not processing it the right way, if you're not in the moment and you're not in a certain mental space to not just see stuff but anticipate things so that you can keep your, especially when you're the defensive anchor, you can keep everybody else on schedule defensively. Like that, like you really can't put a value on that stuff, and like <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's special, man. Because only so many people can do it, especially to the extent that she does. And then, in addition to everything else she does, that's not just sitting behind and watching things happen, but actually being directly involved. It's uh, Elizabeth is un- unreal, and she definitely is more than deserving of uh, a defensive team spot. I think first team all defense really should be there. The WNBA came out and said that they were going positionless for the all M- all W um, teams. So all WNBA uh, first and second team, and then all defensive first and second team is no longer dependent on having two guards, a center, and two forwards. And so in an ordinary year where you would expect that she would have to compete with the likes of those three players we mentioned, Asia, Brianna, and Alyssa Thomas, uh, not to mention Brittany Griner, you would probably say, well, she's going to be all defensive second team. But I think just based on what we talked about, the fact that she's gone over 100 stocks for the year, steals and blocks combined, she's never had 40 steals in a season, and she's approaching 50, could conceivably do that. Have 50, have 50 steals and 50 blocks in the same season. Mm-hmm. I think that's all defensive first team, man. I mean, it definitely it definitely warrants her being that. It's just there are a It sounds a like a of, give us a vote argument again. <laughs> it's just, there's just so many good defenders in the W, and this is not to take anything from Elizabeth, but there are certain defenders that have been doing things like literally from the start of the season all the way until the finish, and Again, if I was to have a vote, I would definitely give um, I would give the players that have been doing that literally from start to finish without any, like, lows or lapses in it. It's just been consistent all the way through. I would give them the slightest bit of an edge over E. But, again, she's more than deserving of being even on the first team. Um, again, she's just special, man, just special. I think ultimately she ends up on the second team, especially with the way that the voting is constructed now. But she has had an all-defensive all first-team caliber um, showing again. I think with, with her and um, Alana Smith, you have an argument for both of them. Granted, mm-hmm. you have Jordan Canada in Los Angeles, Brittany Sykes in Washington, especially the way the, the Mystic season is shaken out where Brittany Sykes was a key offensive and defensive contributor. I think that puts her up for all-defensive first-team just – the way that she manipulates and, and can control the game from that front. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there's an edge if you give somebody the last slot, especially based on the fact that this is going down between the sparks in the sky and what happened in that game. Elizabeth Williams affected the game in a moment where Jordan Canada could not in the same way. And so if you're looking for that last slot, that's why I would, I mean, it's sure we're not doing this, the, LA the LA Spark show right now I get that (laughs) but like I would still argue for Elizabeth Williams and I I really do love what Jordan Canada does I still think it's a mistake that Seattle let go of her in the first place but I think Elizabeth Williams has it for the season 
Yeah, she should she should definitely be on a team. I would love for her to be first team. That would be her getting somewhat of her just due. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would obviously love to see that. She's definitely not just deserving, but she's earned to be in that mix. Um, again, yet again, <laughs> she's been <laughs> just such a good defender. Like, just imagine having Elizabeth Williams on your roster. And she's not playing much like the Mystics last season. Right. Because they have Maisha Hines Allen. Because they have Shakira Austin. Like, talk about a luxury to not have to play her <laughs> and, st- and still have one of the best defenses. It's, it's crazy. What they got going on in D.C. is special. But, but yes, he is, he is all defense first team caliber for sure. No question. Uh, going back to the most improved player, we've, we've gone over that so much. Mm-hmm. But... I think the argument has come through. I saw um, our friend of the show, Alfred Coriette, said that um, Satu pretty much had to be most improved player. And I've seen a lot of quality arguments for that based on what she's done this year mm-hmm. and going back to what she hasn't had the opportunity to do in the past. I think the difference comes, again, from opportunity versus improvement. And Satu just wasn't healthy. And that's not a knock on her. You can't. You know, unless you're just living a, a a fast night lifestyle or something like that, then you can't just go and say, well, you know, this player is such and such because they're injury prone. Like, that wasn't her fault. I think the fact where it, it comes in is that Alana, like, truly got better and has shown that this season and, like we've talked about so much, has been the key piece for the Sky to, to remain at this level where they're competing for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And while Satu definitely made Dallas better, I think it just really should go Atlanta's way because this is what we saw from Satu in limited stretches when she was able to be on the court rather than her necessarily getting better. Not This is not to say that she didn't, didn't learn anything in her time away from the court. There's obviously things that she's doing now that she wasn't doing when she was a rookie because she's that type of player. And she is one of the most important players for my money in the W, important in terms of what she means to this league, when she, what she's willing to say um, in front of the microphone, what she's willing to say away from the microphone, and what her play does on the court yep. in elevating that team. Mm-hmm. But I, I just give it to Atlanta because of that. I, I, do, I do think that it, the voters won't see it that way, but... Yeah. Um... I think it really just comes down to role for for Atlanta, because like if you want to look at the season as a whole, Satu comes in, she's a starter, she has the ball in her hands a lot, and she's involved in a lot of the loud defensive metrics and whatnot. Uh, Jordan Canada the same, she's literally a guard, so she has the ball in her hand every single possession to start a possession for the Sparks, and oftentimes to finish a possession too, with her ability to get to the basket and driving, kicking, all of that fun stuff, and driving everything. Um, and then defensively, she's guarding point guard. So if you watch the ball, she's going to be guarding the ball while also bringing the ball to the floor on the other side. So you're, if you only watch the ball all right. game, you're going to see Jordan Canada for 36 minutes, every minute she's on the floor. Uh, so you're going to see more of the stuff that she does, whereas when you start looking away from that, like, okay, let's see what's going on behind everything. That's when you start seeing the beauty of everything that Atlanta does. And the just the feel that she plays with defensively. Like, the steal she got where her and Dana, like we talked about before the pod, where her and Dana were tag teaming. Dana picked up at the point of attack. She threw everything off script, forced the errant pass. Atlanta started the initial pass. Catch was bobbled. So now she's up in her matchups grill, dis- disrupting all of the pace, and then gets the steal. And then dives on the floor. And, like, <laughs> she just – it's everything she does, man. It's, and it's just really the activity that she plays with consistently. Like, I, especially with the heavy minute load that she's been playing this season. Like, 35, almost 35 minutes a game. Like, she's it's, – it's special, man. So, she's – I think as far as anybody involved in it, she's improved the most. Because she's – A, was never in this role as a starter. And also – being able to show her skill set, the three-point shooting, the spacing ability, ability to make extra passes, screening, the cutting, transition play, like all of that stuff, and obviously everything on defense. I think she 
I think she's literally like for verbatim of what the award is, most improved. I think she's actually that. And I think other players like Ezie Magbagor should be considered in that as well. For sure. I think sure. Brittany Sykes is she will get some type of recognition within that as well. I don't think she'll get it ultimately, but again, because of how Vogators were gonna look at the game. Brittany's doing more offensively than she has at any point in her career. So that's fair too. If you take the defensive side away, which we know what she is, offensively she's improved a ton. Three point shooting, ability to pass, ability to play make, initiating pick and roll, like stuff she hasn't done before. It's important to make note of that as well. So I think because people do stuff that's louder than what Atlanta does in different roles than Atlanta has, it's gonna kind of wash out what she does to the vote the voters' eyes. But she is the most improved player in my opinion. I can't say any more than that, man. It's funny thinking about Brittany Sykes because we see how good she was in Los Angeles, but man. talking about the offensive, um, not burden, the, the the increased role, like you said, that she's yep. had to take on in Washington, especially with Elena Deladon missing time mm-hmm. and Shakira Austin missing time. Mm-hmm. It's funny that Andrew I was Atkins like... Atkins missing time. Like, wasn't even really thinking going about Brittany Sykes like, mm-hmm. getting that recognition, but mm-hmm. she's up there too. Mm-hmm. Does Atlanta get second team all defense? Uh, I don't think so. I think she'll miss it again just because of players with either status that's bigger than hers or platform that's bigger than hers, been in the league longer. I would love to say yes, but I just don't think – I think she'll be one of those um, borderline players. She'll get some votes, but she won't get enough to ultimately make that second team. But she is more than deserving of being on the second team for sure. Petition, you know what y'all y'all need to do out there. Petition the league, mm-hmm. um, put it out there. We need to get we need to get time, Sarah. We got to draft a a petition, not just for that, but for us to get votes. All three of us deserve um, <laughs> Basketball Writers Association of America votes. Okay, okay. <laughs> Even if we we don't, we'll get some writing credit. We'll get writing clips. We just need to have like five in a season. I could write up something about how you know. I don't know. The sky are disrespected yet again. Right uh, up, right up something about the the nasty travel um, accommodations or lack of. We should have had more time on. I can tell <laughs> you brought that one up. Or how it's there's bad. not enough photography. That that's too. my biggest pet peeve right <laughs> now, and that's not even that's. I mean, that's with women's basketball in general. So mm-hmm. that's a whole nother hour of my life I could talk mm-hmm. about. But yeah, yeah. outlets <laughs> paying photographers who just do this one thing rather than. I, I mean, we, they, they've kind of backed off of having the writers take their phones and be the photographers for their own articles. So that's something, mm-hmm. something very small, but something. Mm-hmm. Our DraftKings pick of the week is pick the sky tomorrow. That's it. That is that is it. Straight up and down. No need for no need to go off on tangents about it. Nope. <laughs> Just pick the sky tomorrow. Um, Kalia Copper, 20 points plus. In a, in a key game, in a critical game where she, to think where we were with Kalia Copper in the middle of the season mm-hmm. and now for her to be averaging the highest total of her career yep. and her, her um, three-point percentage is finally just just barely dipped under 40%. It's got to win, got to get 20-plus. Region Rev, I can see. You said DraftKings yeah. been good to you. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, throw, throw some of that uh, bread our way if you feel. <laughs> if you feel it's difficult in these streets. <laughs> we got to we, we, – how do we never use that before? We never used that sound bite. Studio B has the Mario coin, and Studio A has the actual, like, money sound. But mm-hmm. I always – I kind of like the Mario coin. Are we sponsored mm-hmm. by Nintendo, or can we get Sonic rings, too? I would love Sonic rings. To That's my be dog. determined. <laughs> we got to get some Sonic rings in there. <laughs> but back to Kyle, man. I mean, averaging 23 points a game. She's been – twenty. I think it's 22, 23, and then 25 the last three. She's – Hitting that that incline right when the team needs it most right now. Yep. Um. And yeah, she's she's almost a shoe in for twenty five. Uh, if the sky is gonna win um tomorrow, yeah, it's gonna be again back at home. It's gonna be a playoff environment more than any other environment we've seen all season with the stakes, and also last home game of the regular season. So you know, take all of these things into consideration. Cosmo step up to the moment. You know what she does. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's not in doubt. I'll be out of town out west seeing my cousins, but Steven will be there. Wave at him. Don't come up, you know, and be like shaking his hand and be like, oh, my God. Just a quick wave. You know, be cool about it. But come out to Wind Trust tomorrow. 
it's it's essentially the playoffs have started for the sky. So they they need it to be like like it typically is in September down there. This has been the CHGO Sky Show. Super Sarah Victor back with us. Steven Garner at Stay True S.3. You see he's got the new film study coming out soon. Very, very soon. And I'm Chris Pennant at Quandary Kitten. That's K-W-A-N-D-A-R-Y Kitten under, um, on Twitter. Hardest working sports writers. Man, you know what? That feels really cool. We appreciate that, Region Red. Thank For you. sure. Thank you. Follow the show at CHGO underscore Sky. Follow CHGO Sports, CHGO underscore Sports. And check out CHGO Locker, allchgo.com, for all your sports apparel needs. Till next time, folks, be good. Stay cool and keep your head above the clouds.